Back of the truck, man. What's good, bro? Back of the truck. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. This is an interesting setup. It's the first for yeah. sure. Yeah, first for me, too. Um, we've done outside pods. I've never done a pod in a vehicle. Uh, have you, have you been on pods before? Is this your, like, first interview? I've been interviewed, but I don't know if I would call them podcasts. I guess it's my first pod, yeah. 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 You into, like, you into pods? You watch any pods? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fuck with pods. Uh, what do I watch? I mean, it really depends, but I just like, like, I like to stay updated on, like, um, hip-hop news and shit and drama and shit like that. It's my, my guilty you pleasure. You into the drama? Just, like, I don't know. Just, like, um, just what happens, you know what I'm saying? Um... But sometimes I just tap out of it. Like, I left America for, like, two months, and I just didn't stay up to date on any pop culture or anything. And that was nice. But, um, where, yeah, uh, when I'm here, I try to stay tight. Where'd you go? I was in Italy for two months. Is that where you're from? Uh, my grandma lives there. Yeah. yeah. My grandma's 97, so. Are you Italian? She's up there. Uh, she, like, she wasn't born there, but she moved yeah. there. And uh, my mother grew up there. You yeah. kind of give off like foreign vibes a little bit. Like you, you could be. You know, yeah. Look, you'd be from Italy. I'm from Bosnia. We're actually I'm, we're right next to Italy. We're like oh, we're? neighbors. So both uh, your parents? Yeah. So I was born there. Oh, for real? Yeah. Dope. Came here when I was like four. But um, I go back all the time. We were there like last year. That's fire. Uh, you like it there? That's cool. You go for the summertime or? Yeah, we went for the summer. Uh, we actually built a house over there too. So that's lit. We, we even have like a nicer house over there than. Then we got over here and shit. Yeah, so if shit goes down over here, you could always just dip out. Oh yeah, I actually got a, um, I got my dual citizenship like during the pandemic. But because they were talking about like you can't leave the U.S. This that was getting kind of weird. So I was like, yeah. let, me, let me grab it. So we're in fucking bed. This is, is this Bed-Stuy? Yeah, Bed-Stuy, Yeah. How the fuck? Um, yeah, you want to so you want to tell us a little bit? Just fucking even coming up. Did you are you born and raised here? Getting into um, videography, like you know what I mean? <laughs> I was born in New York, um, and then. I was, I guess I have, like, kind of a weird, like, um, upbringing, but it was between, like, Brooklyn, but my mom moved to, um, to Paris when I was, like, three, um, and then I lived there till I was 14, and then we moved back to Brooklyn. Um, Wait, how, how was Paris? I'm about to catch you off. You, you remember living there? Like, I know you were yeah, a kid. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. I speak French and everything. Um, it was cool, you know? It was interesting. I think that overall, um... I'm glad we ended up coming back, you know? I think I ended up getting more opportunities and shit growing up in New York and uh, being exposed to more, like, opportunities and possibilities and shit. Yeah. But, um, you know, Paris is cool. It's a beautiful city. It's, uh, Have you heard the it's saying? It's low-key rough. Like, people don't... Like, people That's think what I'm saying. I've nice, heard the saying, like, like, Paris is the New York of Europe. Like, I, I, like yeah. Paris is kind of hood. It's just, like, more, like, I don't know. But you just got to worry more about, like, just getting jumped or stabbed or some shit like that. It's not like they don't go crazy with like the guns like over here, but um, they'll stab you the fuck up though. But it's pretty rough. Like people think it's sweet over there in Paris, but yeah. I was one of those people. But I remember when I really when my perspective changed on Paris. It was like three or four years ago. It was just some, it was like some random girl that was vlogging on YouTube. I just stumbled across her, her channel, and she was like an exchange student in Paris. So she was living there for a couple years, and she was just vlogging her experiences in Paris and shit. And she was like, yeah, it's fucking dirty. She was like, she compared it to New York. It's like a New York City of Europe. She was like, it's dirty. People are rude. It is, it, no, it, exactly like, that. People are rude. People don't want to fuck with you. Um, 
Like, if you just look like a lick, like, people will rob you over there, like, run your pockets and shit like that. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird because, like, here in America, it's the inner city. You know what I'm saying? Over there, it's, like, the outskirts. Like, Is the bad part? Yeah. Like, sometimes, some parts of the inner city, too, but, like, they kind of, like, created the hoods, like, around Paris. Like, the whole around Paris is just, like, the hood. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess if you think about it, that's kind of how it is here, around... All the main around around, around Times yeah, Square exactly. Is... You can think about it like that. Like the boroughs is like the outskirts, and then Manhattan is kind of nice, except for like, like Harlem used to be pretty hood, and like, even uh, LES back in the day. But like now, like most of Manhattan is kind of like, you know, not yeah. That I was dangerous. we were in Brooklyn, um, shooting. Uh, I think Bro shit was in Brooklyn too. It's like no black people. I'm like Yo, we're in Brooklyn, Brooklyn right like now. Manhattan I'm like, I'm like where are the it's black crazy. people? It's crazy. Like Brooklyn yeah. is more expensive than Manhattan sometimes in some parts. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. But so you're in Paris from three to fourteen. You get back. So you move back. I moved back here the summer before freshman year of high school, and then uh, basically like so my mom and my dad weren't together. So my mom, like my pops left when my mom was pregnant. That's why she ended up going back to Europe and like she like stayed there for a while, and it was like. Good to be a single mom in uh, France is like help and shit, and like good, you know, healthcare, all that shit. Um, did that, but I was getting in trouble a lot. I, I got kicked out of like two, I went to like three different middle schools, and like my mom just didn't feel like um, she could like. In Paris. Yeah, like she was like, go live with your dad to like get straightened out essentially. So she sent me over here to live with my dad in Brooklyn. Um, Yo, that's got worse, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it didn't help. And me and my dad just didn't get along because I didn't grow up with him. And I just all of a sudden I was living with him and just like we just got into it. And um, so I was there for two years and then she ended up moving here because um, it just wasn't going good with, between me and my pops. And then, uh, yeah, mostly Crown Heights, like Franklin Avenue uh, and St. John's. We bounced around like different parts, too. Um, but Crown Heights for the most part, and then Bed-Stuy like 10 years ago. But Crown Heights and Bed-Stuy, it's like neighboring. Um, yeah, like they border each other, so yeah. this area in general. So yeah. were you like creating this? When did you start creating? Like were you in Paris or? Nah, I was just like selling weed and shit in Paris. That's why I got in trouble really. But oh, when I got in weed. New York, when I got to New York, that's really when I, um, my, I went to this high school called um, Prospect Heights High School. And uh, it was like different high schools in the same building. It's right, like, I used to live two blocks from where I went to high school. It's like Easton Parkway and Franklin Avenue, like not too far from here. Um, and I had a guidance counselor that just like, I just had a really good relationship with her. Uh, her name was Miss Dariana. And... Um, she would put me on to a lot of like different after school programs and shit. So she put me on this program called Real Works. Um, it's in Brooklyn and they teach you how to like edit and film and shit and you make a short film and they pair you with a mentor. Um, so yeah, I learned how to film. I learned how to use Final Cut there. They let me use the computers. And then I ended up working there in the production company. Um, and then they let me use like the equipment and shit. And then I'm, I used that equipment to make my first video. Is this the, the short film? The short film was, yeah, I made that. But then I made my first music video, like, outside of it. But I used their equipment, kind of, because they were just letting me use it. So it was, like, uh, a, a good way to, like, 
finesse. Like I had a big budget when I didn't, but I just had all the lights and everything, and I could use it. You know what I mean? Is there still places like that in in the city, like where you can go and use stuff? Like I know where we're from. There's like there's a few spots where there's like high end equipment where literally you can go use for free. But the thing is, nobody really knows about it. So I don't know if they like strategically don't really market it like that. So it's not too known, or it just they don't they just do a bad job at marketing it. It's just like it's all like it's publicly funded. What you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like you know it's publicly funded, so they don't have all the money in the world for like marketing and shit. But it's like yeah, even here a lot of people don't know about it. But real work still exists. So you know if anybody's listening and they're in high school and stuff, it's a uh, real R E E L works, um, and they're on President Street in Brooklyn, and they have a nice ass like office with like editing stations. And they let you use like everything. Everything's free, and they yeah. teach you how to use it. So. So was the music video the first piece before the short film, or was... no? I made the short film first. Was that you in the beginning of the film talking about drugs and shit? Like. No, that wasn't me. I no. was because I seen you. I was. I think that's that bro. I'm not that crazy. Hey, oh, so you saw that one? You we saw watched a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah, I was like, is that bro? It was, like... was a little hardcore. I can't even watch that movie anymore. I'm like, damn, like. But yeah, um. No, that wasn't me. That was a different kid. I didn't go that hard, but I was just around a lot of shit growing up. Um, so, so was that a school like project, or is that like your first your, nah, it was your own thing? Real works. It was with okay. that after school, so okay. it's like an after school program type thing. It wasn't like through. I didn't get credits for it or anything like that, but yeah. yeah. So you dabbling around like what you using their equipment? So I did that, yeah, and then I don't know. Around that time, there was some cool music coming out in Brooklyn, like. Flabber Zombies had just come out with like Thug Waffles. You ever seen that video? I haven't seen that one, but I know. Yeah. Yeah, I watched that shit drop and I really liked it. And I was like, I always like music in general, so I was like, you know, eventually I want to make movies, but I just love, I have a passion for music, so yeah. it just made sense to try to make music videos. And I yeah. knew a bunch of people in Brooklyn, cause like, um. Just from like hustling, I used to throw parties and I used to just do a bunch of shit. Um, so, you know, I knew people, I knew like phony people, that's the homies, they're a band from Brooklyn. Um, I seen, I reached out to the Underachievers. That was the first video, the Underachievers. Isn't that like a big group? I feel like I heard of them. Yeah, they're a duo. Um, so this is Lisa Gold and AK. This one uh, they were coming up, so this one they were like unknown or whatever. They only had one video out, and it had ten thousand views. Okay. It was but, I bet you, but no, in those so times, devilish. ten thousand seemed crazy though. What, it was kind of crazy for some just some kids from yeah. Brooklyn, like same age as me, like oh shit, like okay, this is dope, and the video was dope, but it was still like, like you could get to ten k, but it. Yeah, it was a little hard. Like you had to get on a couple blogs. That was the blog era, yeah. so you no, had to well, like. I'm assuming this is like what, like ten over ten years ago. Yeah, probably like eleven now. 11 so yeah, in those ago. times you get ten, twenty thousand. It was, it felt like you're a starting lot. to break a little yeah, bit. Like, yeah, you're starting to break a little bit. Cause now you might get a million views, and it seems like it's not shit. But it's, I, I feel like that's cause a lot of people's numbers are inflated. The, and there's like, more people on the internet. You got to think about, um, just there's just more, more young people, people on the internet yeah. just consuming that kind of content. So. Yeah. But also a lot of people fake their numbers too, for sure. Yeah, we are. Um, we're on a block right now in the back of the pickup truck. If you're a listener, if you, so you're, you're hearing uh, the sounds of bed in, in the background. Yes, sir. Um, but uh, but I we did the second one called Gold Soul Theory with the underachievers as well. M yeah, me and the underachievers and Capital Steez was cameoing in it. R.I.P. Capital Steez. Um, but yeah, it was a little moment. It was right when like 
the whole Beast Coast era was coming up, so it was like um, Pro Era had come out, Joey Badass's tape, um, you know, had done well. Then Flavor Zombies came out, they were blowing up, and they were there. The Underachiever was kind of like the third leg of the Beast Coast movement, um, and that video just kind of blew up. Like it just kept going. Like got to ten thousand and then twenty thousand, and got to a million. And it's like over like ten million views now, but it's like. That was, that was one crazy because that was my first video. And the it's first. Like my first music video ever. And it just like kept blowing up. I thought that was normal. I was like, because then, the, like, you know, I made more videos. It wasn't always like that. But the first one just like. I'm assuming there wasn't even up. a YouTube partner program at that time. Like, you probably didn't make any money off the views, right? Nah, and they uh, didn't have any plugs, too. It was all organic. They weren't faking numbers or anything like that. They had, you know. You probably, you probably couldn't even fake numbers at that point. <laughs> Yeah, probably not even. They had, you know, their friends that had blown up, like Flabba Zombies and Joey Badass and shit like that. So they had that support system. But other than that, it was no labels, no nothing. It was just us just putting something out. Literally. How long did it take to get that first million? Like, what was, how fast was the growth? Man, I don't remember. But I think it was getting a steady 10,000 views a day just for a long, long-ass time until it got to a million or some shit like that. Yeah. So this is your very first video. So at that point, are you right? So, like you, cause, okay, you first, because you said you didn't think it was, like, kind of, like, not shit. So was that, like, still, like, eh, I don't know about this? Or was you like, okay, no, this is real. Like, I need to What, about off. making music videos? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, you said nah, you didn't, you didn't feel that, like it was a lot after you thought it was normal at first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, kind of. I'm just saying, like, did you like, feel like it was a win? Like, okay, like, okay, I got to keep going with this shit. Like, I just remember because I talked to my boy that was making music at the time, and he was, like, you know, had been putting so much work, and, like, nothing had, like, he would get the, he would get the 10,000, 20,000 views, but then it would just stop. And I remember him being like, yo, this is crazy. Like, this is not normal. And it just kept going. Like, I don't know. It's just like, I didn't think it was going to keep going like that. But it's just like, kept going. Like, usually, like, I had, you know, after that, I made other videos for homies that, like, got to that 10,000, 20,000, like, a couple days of the first week. But then it kind of just slowed down. But when something, I don't know, there's something, like, I feel, like, when something goes viral organically, there's just something you can't formulate. It's just, like. You can't it had everything, it. Yeah. but you can't recreate it. It just had every, everything just timed up the right way for that. I think it's so time, like, and I think it's, I think it's fate, bro. Yeah, I, yeah. I think no, a lot, like a lot of we we look at, especially in this industry, we're so used to looking at numbers and and statistics and who's doing what. We we tend to forget that there is a certain level of if you believe in that fate, destiny that plays into this shit. Yeah, I do. I believe in God, all that. So, um, yeah, definitely. The older I got, the more I was like I believed in like all of that just because it's like there's too many coincidences like you get to a point where it's just like it's too many coincidences for you to write it off as just some random shit like you know someone has a plan yeah. to, to me like you. to me i really like chase the feeling and like what i'm doing so like when i'm doing shit, if i'm doing a pod or if i'm doing creative shit i literally just i literally just feel like this is where i'm supposed to be it's like this is and, and like whatever like i'm supposed i'm not supposed to be anywhere else in this world this is like it feels like this is the right moment you know what i'm saying um, yeah so you try to be present. Present, yeah, present. Um, I have a hard time with that. Yeah? Yeah, I feel like I'm always in the future. Like, my mind's always in the future. I have, sometimes I just have to turn it off and just, like, enjoy just the present moment, you know? I'm always, I don't even like looking back at, like, my old videos or nothing. I just like to worry about what I'm doing next and shit. So, like, but sometimes I just got to force myself to just, like, you know, appreciate what I got right now and just be in the moment. But... You know? Bro, I mean, like I said, I've I've recently got okay, so I got hip to you when you did the Soldier Boy shit, mm -hmm. the LimeWire video, mm -hmm. which 
off top just crazy to me. Like, well, I don't care what else you did, just that right there, you you go in my eyes, appreciate right? It, so it's it. like, because we were using LimeWire coming up. It goes away, it returns as a damn, what, NFT marketplace now? Mm -hmm. Soldier Boy's on there. I'm like, okay, this makes sense, because I think he was the first, like, he music artist on, on LimeWire. Yeah, uh -huh. um, yeah, how the fuck you get it linked in with them? And also, I think, like, what was crazy to me about that video is when I first watched it, I thought a lot of it was green screen and, like, After Effects, but then I went, like, see, like, the, I think the behind-the-scenes post mm -hmm. you had made, and, like, a lot of that was, like, set design, like, in real life. That, yeah. I was kind of shocked at that. Yeah, I like to mix, like, that's what I've been doing lately, um... Just mixing a lot of uh, real foreground elements and then just do some, like, digital backdrops. I've been messing with the LED screen, like, these giant LED screens, too. That's my next video. I'm excited to to drop that one. But, um, yeah, just blending real shit with digital to, like, to the point where you can't tell what's what, you know? Uh. Yeah. But you got to have the real shit, too, you know? If it's all digital, it's... Like, it feels weird. Yeah. Uh, example I would say for that is Mosh Pit's videos. You know Mosh Pit? Yeah, yeah. I fuck with his are videos. mostly digital. They're cool. They're creative and shit. But it is a certain level of like, I don't know. It doesn't feel tangible. Like, I don't yeah. Know. How did you, uh, yeah, how did you link, how did you link with Soldier Boy? How'd you link with Limar? How'd you get that, that placement? Man, all right, let's go through the story. Um, such a long and convoluted story to get to that video coming out, but, all right, so first, and we don't, we don't have to, we don't, we don't, we don't have to skip parts. We can, we can work our way there. All right, you know this is mean? where the story starts. My boy Tilla, Television. He's an animator. He hits me up. And he's like, yo, I got this unreleased Kanye West record produced by Danny Wolf. Do you want to make a video for it and sell it as an NFT? He was like, Danny has the right to it. And Ye signed off that, you know, Danny can just drop it on his own project however he wants. Um, so I'm like, fuck yeah. Uh, this is pre, like, I Love Hitler and all that shit. And Ye was, is just my favorite artist. He said pre, I Love Hitler. <laughs> um, so I'm like, fuck yeah, I definitely want to make this video. So we make a fire-ass video for this song called Capri Suns. You ready this? Yeah, I'm down. That, God willing, one day we'll see the light of day, but. With Ye? He wasn't involved. Like, we just did this whole, like, we did, um, like, a motion capture suit, but, like, we got the movements, like, exactly. It's like a fully animated video, but it's just a fire-ass video. It goes through, like, all the eras of Ye and shit. Um, so we make the video. We're about to drop it. This shit, like, and I never, like, dropped any NFTs or anything like that. Any lighter? No, I think it's lit. Um, this shit, oh, there's a thing called NFT LA where it's like a lot of the NFT people go to LA during that week. So we premiere at one of the parties, like this mansion party. Is this the Soldier Boy LimeWire video? No, nah, I'm getting there. Okay. You, you keep it now, you good. All right. And this is the Capri Sun shit, is that what you said? This is the Capri Sun video. Okay, we, okay, premiere okay. The vi we screen it. We screen it at this party, like take everybody's phone so it can't leak and we screen the video. And, um... 
it blows up like that because at the end of the video there's um there's a qr code that links to discord right everybody at the party is like yo this is the discord this is this nft dropping and they send it to their fucking discord channels whatever there's like thousands of people overnight in this discord channel all waiting to what to spend like hundreds of dollars so we essentially could have like there was it was gonna be the amount that we were gonna sell was gonna go up to like two million dollars total and like it was one frame of the video it was like we divided the whole video into frames and you could own one frame and then like if you own that nft you could see this video exclusively on the website it was a dope concept but um it blows up we're ready to drop it it blows up so heavy that somehow yay and his team hear about it somehow and they're like fuck no you're not dropping this so they send like 20 lawyers in one email just like the label is like hell no they get the discord deleted they get my discord deleted overnight um and we're like all right we're not gonna be able to drop this shit but in the meantime i had reached out to limewire to to like help release this video and premiere and shit um so that's how i started the conversation with limewire so that's why i told this whole story just so i could start for limewire to premiere the caprice on the video yeah which never ended up dropping right so now LimeWire is just impressed with the video because I've shown it to them. And they're like, yo, we got this record, the Soldier Boy record, um, that we like, you know, um, we did a partnership with him for him to do a LimeWire record. Do you want to make the video for it? And I'm like, yeah, I'm down. But they're like, they sent me the record and it was over another beat at first. And they're like, we just want to... Um, we want to kind of just mix it a little bit more like just they wanted to like amp up the record a little bit so um they they linked me with um soldier boy's manager his name is theo you have a lighter yes sir so me and theo links up because he lives in new york soldier lives in la um me and theo link up and i bring him to my boy's studio um his name is Dom. Um, oh, his producer name is Mitch Mula. Mitch Mula. So I bring him to Mitch Mula's studio, and we just grab the vocals. So I essentially A and R the record because like he just redid a whole other beat, and we chopped up some sections and shit like that. And then they love the new version, um, and they set up the whole video. And then I flew to L.A., met Soldier there. He came to like a green screen studio. We had him, um, like, we only had him for a day, so we didn't have time to put him in, like, all the outfits. So, essentially, what we did is we hired, like, stand-ins to, like, rock the outfits, and then we motion-tracked their face. You, you could know? tell, I think, but I thought I was part of the video. Yeah, that's, it makes it, like, a little meme you know? Yeah. But, um, and then we recorded him saying all this shit. You good. But... Um, and then I edited it, and then my homie... At what point did you make the treatment? Uh, when they... Cause that when the new song was done. Yeah, when, this, when the song was done, I wrote a treatment for it. I had written a similar treatment for Thugger. Where, like... Can I ask it? Can I ask it right here? Yeah. What was that song called? Thugger and Gunna uh, Surf. I've written a dope yeah. ass stream. Is that the one they did one. the fucking water gun shit with? 
I don't even remember what they did for that video. Mm, okay, okay. Maybe. I don't remember. So that was the same treatment as, as a soldier shit? Similar. Like, Thuggo was the president. He was, like, Carl Lagerfeld. He was, like, different people and shit. Um, I did another thing that was kind of similar with the Uzi video. I don't know if you've seen that one, the, the What's Up video. The What's Up? I know you did the P's and Q's shit, right? Yeah, I did the P's and Q's one, too. But the What's Up was, like, him being, like, different... Um, like Frida Kahlo and like Einstein and shit like that. That was the first like deep fake video. I see the Soldier Boy video. Wait, you made the first deep fake video? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean by deep fake? Music video. Like the first music video that uses deep fake like in the video. You mm. know what I mean? Okay. Um, I think at least the first rap video, but I think it's the first music video. I think, I think I'm gonna go ahead and, you know, make that claim. Um, but yeah, Lil Uzi, what's up? Um, it was like, we had like deep fake like Nicki Minaj, Obama, Six Nine, everybody like yeah. singing the song and shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy you did a Uzi shit too because I'm actually we're doing two. I'm doing a pod with my boy Turtle, uh, produced by Turtle. He lives in LA. Mm -hmm. and He just uh, edited Uzi's last video that just came out like, two days ago. Dope. So it's crazy we're doing like both the all videographers in the same week. That, that's fire. That's work with bro. Yeah. Um, how the fuck? So we kind of we kind of feel like skipped a lot. We just kind of ended up with you having these industry. Placements, like how do you kind of, how did you, what was the getting your foot in the game, I guess? Like how do you start getting connected with these different companies and shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, it took a long time. Did like just unsigned artists for a minute, so the underachievers did a bunch of videos for them, like three or four videos. Um, it's like word of mouth kind of just building. With, uh, well, phony people, I knew them from growing up, so I did a bunch of videos for them. Uh, my boy A Lau, he was signed to Harry Fraud at the time. Did a bunch of videos for him, and then through Underachievers, they ended up getting signed to Brain Feeder, which was um, Flying Lotus's label. I ended up doing a video for him for a song he produced. Um, just a couple of years of just grinding, making videos, and then I think it was one of the Phony People videos. I think that's what it was. Um, one of the interns at Atlantic Records saw that video and showed it to um, to her higher ups at Atlantic. I think she showed it. I think it was to. Well, the woman that first like hit me up. Her name is Manny Emmanuel. She used to be at Atlantic. Um, she's at a different label now, but she really gave me my first like big look which was uh the uzi p's and q's video that was my first label video which is kind of crazy so i got lucky too like if that intern never saw that and showed it you know like i didn't have any plugs in the music industry or anything like that but i was lucky that i was in new york i had access to more artists so you know it sounds like you got a lot of your big like your breaks from just like off your work like letting your work speak yeah and people fucking with it and fucking yeah, because I don't even fuck with, like, I'm not really, I don't even use social media that much or anything like that, and I never, like, I probably should have done it more. Like, I should have put a logo in all my videos, like, earlier on. I, like, just didn't give a fuck for a minute. But also, I always wanted to feel like, I always wanted to get to a level where I feel like I'm really proud of my shit. And I feel like in recent years, I've gotten there, like, the Soldier Boy video is one of my favorite my favorite videos, but so you were kind of waiting to get to that point to start branding it like more. A little bit. I mean, I I started a couple years ago. I, there's a bunch of videos that I'm pretty happy with. Um, I did this video for Wale called Black Bonnie. I really like that one. Um, 
Kilani video, Distraction, uh, all the Bro, you really videos. got some. You, first of all, you're on fucking IMDb. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Then yeah. you got like Grammy nominated songs, I think, that are, that you've done. That's the, the Kilani one. one. Kilani, yeah. um, also, like, yeah, t- I, like, I like that you're touching on that too uh, about videographers building their brands. Like, we're, I feel like for the longest, we've really only seen like Cole Bennett kind of take it there. Everybody else is kind of just a videographer. Yeah, they don't really. You don't really see them build companies and and, and like uh, successful brands. Yeah, out he of it. took it. He really made like a business out of it, and um, and uh, what's it called? Like a festival and everything. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So he did it right. So you know, I think he business wise, he did it right. But I think it's different for everyone. I think you could be like the uh, reclusive artist to it and can work. You know, if your if your work is really good and people like hire you specifically for your style um it can work you don't have to make yourself like the brand of mm. everything but um it's just people, different it worked for wanna, him you yeah, know? yeah some people yeah. might want to play the cut also like it depends what you want like i feel like with him that was his end end goal like you leverage music videos to create like this business for me i want to I want to leverage music videos to make movies. That's my end goal when it comes to directing. Um, so leverage. I almost don't want to get stuck in music videos too much. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I love doing them, and it's like amazing to be able to um, like practice my craft and get paid for it, and like practice big sets with big productions with a lot of big crews, so that when I'm making movies, I'm I'm used to it, you know. So um, yeah. It's been dope, but I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to get too good at it because then I'll get stuck in it. So mm. yeah. you, do, you could do both, though. Yeah, facts, facts, facts. There's some big directors that started with music videos. So. Uh, um, yeah, I think uh, I look at it kind of like that, too. Like even doing a pod or do, doing doing like we do skits, we do different shit. But I look at it as I'm, I'm honing in on these skills. That I can that can develop in, into other things. Yeah, facts. Like, you know what I mean. Um, You're just getting comfortable, like speaking to people, that, and speaking on camera. That, like, um, so. Yeah. Um, okay, so so you you growing up here, you doing these different shits. You you come back from Paris. Um, I also feel like it can be. I feel like it's kind of limited what you can do with music videos. And also, like, what do you, what's your view on just the evolution of music videos and kind of, like, where we are today? With I feel like now, because we went through a phase, like, with the Cold Bennett phase where it was all effects, like, glitches, yeah. different shit. Uh-huh. But I feel like it's getting kind of back more to, like, the fundamentals. Like, you even see this new Cole and Yachty video that drop. I don't even think there's a cut in it. It's like a solid shot, just, like, one pan. Um, like, I think I only mean? saw snippets of it, but it looked, it looked fire, yeah. But you see, it was just basic. Yeah. It was just, like, a fucking, it was yeah. a pan. It just popped, I think. Um, but yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I feel like now you could just do anything almost. Like there's the kind of super basic artsy film vibe that's just like no effects whatsoever, kind of almost a vintage feel. There's like the super effects heavy, like um, what's the name? The guy you mentioned earlier, Mosh Pit type shit. Um, I feel like Mosh Pit took Cole Bennett's shit, like, and made it, like, on crack, essentially, like, he just took it. I don't know, it. I'll, I'll, I'll say, they, I'll say they, their videos feel different to me. 
Yeah. I haven't gotten no, that. They have uh, they have different styles. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But I'm saying like the F VFX heavy shit, he like yeah. took he, it. Well, he's all effects. All effects, yeah, facts. I feel like he just puts his artists into the metaverse. <laughs> they just do the whole shit. Yeah. The fucking... Just creates the whole world. Bro, he's gonna thrive like yo. He releases the time lapses too of like how he does it and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's dope to see it, like see him make it. But yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see like it change. I feel like now a lot of the a lot of the things that's like I said, going back to fundamentals, a lot of things that pop now, I feel like is the raw shit. Like you'll just see a new artist like with like a a reel that's going viral with their song, but it'll just be them like standing in like a a wide shot, a slow zoom in on them, like nothing, like no yeah. type of effect on it. Like I think that's the TikTok effect too, cause um, I think there was like when in, when Instagram was the most popping social media. Instagram was all about everything super polished, Facetune everything, you know what I mean? And then on TikTok, the shit that does well over there is like, if it's too polished, it doesn't even go crazy. Like really? they want raw shit. See, I'm not even on TikTok like that. We on there, but, but not, my like, girl I'm is on it, on so it. I just like yeah. I just see that it's just a completely different culture. Like, you think what what you think might go crazy on TikTok because it went crazy on Instagram, it won't go crazy on TikTok. It's That's like almost why I don't want to overthink shit these days. I don't even put like I just do shit. Like I don't want to I don't want to put too much effort in it. I just want to like I don't want to overproduce. You even see like we use 1080p cameras. That's, yeah. We can, I can afford to get some cameras if I really want to, but I, that's kind of str strategic to me too. Like, and it a, creates like a vibe, kind of like a texture to your like yeah, content that's yeah. like makes it stand out. So yeah. yeah. But I, I guess to wrap up that point, like now you have everything available. Like, you could have AI make some crazy shit for you, or you could like go buy like a vintage VHS or a vintage film camera, and like you have that whole range kind of available. And I think there's a place for you know, everybody to hone in on a certain style that makes them different and makes them stand out and shit, so. Uh, I think in this, like, age where everybody can create now, especially in, like, I've seen uh, recently they're talking about, like, the next generation of the AI, like, you know, right now we have text to image, right? We're gonna have text to video. So you're gonna be able to type out a script for a movie. I wanna make a movie about bro and them sitting in the back of the truck, this happens, then they do this. Then you write out the whole script, and it'll create a fucking 8K uh, Hollywood style, like uh, yeah. level mo two hour movie for you with That's characters why and everything. That's they were on strike for a couple months. Cause they're, they're still on strike. My, I got a boy that lives they're in Beverly on? Hills. He was working at The Bachelor. He was working on The Bachelor. Oh, I thought as they like ended a, it. Actually, I don't know. They might. The might writer's strike. Yeah. You talking about? Yeah. I might be wrong there, but he was on it. He like he was out of a job for that. Uh -huh. But my point, is I think it's gonna go back to the story. It's, it's gonna go back to the ideas because if we live in a world where anybody can do it, then it then it comes to the point where like quality doesn't even matter anymore. Now we're going back to the story to Actual like story how it's right. Yeah, storytelling. I hope so because that's yeah. what I love. I think you might be right too because um, like if you think about the economy in the early two thousands and even like the, to the 2010s, it's like shit was going better in America. Like shit. Everything was like a little more superficial because it was like during like you see that in eras like you see it in the 80s too or the um, the 20s and the, they call it the roaring 20s. It's like, um, you know, when shit is going well, culture tends to be more superficial. And then when it's hard at times, you care to like you care about realer shit when like times are harder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think since COVID, like there was a little shift. Like before, everything got to a point that was like super superficial. 
you know, VFX, fake lifestyle, fake everything, um, fake filters, all that shit. And then it got to like an extreme. Like bigger than life outside of life, outside of reality. Yeah, just fake shit. And now we want raw shit. Like we're like that's how the nineties was. We're in the nineties kinda, you know? Nineties mm, was 90s. like Yeah. So We're in the fucking nineties. Yeah. I like that. Um Yeah, they say um I've heard of like yeah, like you're saying, like when you have when shit is good, like when you have they say I think they call them creature comforts. You don't you don't really think about much of that. You're just you're in you're, you're comfortable, right? So they say like even like uh, I forgot what countries they were at war. Two countries were at war, I forgot now, but the way the country beat the other country is they gave them TVs. They beat them in the long run because they gave them TVs and, like, different creature comforts yeah. to make them not want to fight that's no crazy. more. When shit is too good, you don't care. That's why, like, when... Bro, you can't rally when, a bunch of motherfuckers yeah. up to have a good life. They're not leaving the crib yeah, for you. Yeah, that's when like, revolution happens. Revolution happens when shit is really bad. Yeah, fast. And it's like, no, I don't care. Like, I don't care what happens. Something has to change. Yeah. You know fast. what I mean? And we're in one of those points right now where just shit is just doesn't make sense, bro. It's too expensive. Like, bro, what was it like being in, in fucking New York during the height of the pandemic? I know it was like, I, I know what it was like for me in my area. I'm kind of in a smaller city. Yeah. But shit look crazy out here. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Um, yeah, they had curfews at one point. There was just fireworks going on the whole time. Um, we had... I mean, we got hit. One of the first cities in America, really, that got hit by COVID, too, with the lockdowns and shit. So we had our lockdown earlier than a lot of other people. So that was kind of crazy, too. And uh, and then we had the crazy protests and shit. There's, like, shit got crazy, bro. Like, New York was a movie. Like, bro, they were really fucking burning blocks down. Bro, those cop cars Not just in New burning, York everywhere. bro. Yeah. Like, on Flatbush, like... It was crazy. And I got my knee broken that year. I don't know if you know that. I but, don't know that. Um, so I was at a protest. I wasn't doing nothing. I was just there, like, just filming, documenting. And uh, the cops were, like, just, like, shoving this kid, like, just, just shoving him into a car and shit. You said the cops were? Yeah. And um, I kind of tried to, like, step a little in between just to, like, I just thought they would, like, stop, like, fucking with him, you know? But they just ended up just jumping me instead, and they broke my knee. What? Um, yeah, so I'm suing the NYPD right now, which is crazy. Did you go to jail that night? I, nah, I got a, I wasn't doing shit, which is the crazy part, but they put me in this bus. Um, they, like, detained a bunch of people in, like, a, just a regular city bus that was just parked there. Um, <laughs> the regular bus? Yeah, it was weird. So you just sit on this bus with a broken knee? Yeah, for hours, bro. And they made what? me stand because there was no seat, too. And they had, like, the zip ties mad tight, like, just bleeding to my wrist and shit. I low-key, you see this? That's still from the zip ties because they had to, like, cut it out because yeah. they put it so tight. And they cut you when they were cutting it or yeah. cutting it out? Yeah. Bro, what? Yeah, That's legit insane. Shit. So... So how's the lawsuit? Well, I guess you probably can't even talk about it much, but... So you suing these... I'm suing the NYPD right now. But you know what's so crazy? And I'm not, like, it's just wild. I'm not, like, you know, it's not like I'm happy about it or nothing. But the main cop that um that really broke my knee, like, died, like, a year ago, my lawyer told me, which is fucking crazy. Like, like on duty? So, the one that, like, actually fucked me up. Yeah, the one that, like, and, like, we have a video of it and everything. Um, of your knee getting broke? Some body cam and shit, but... Yeah, the, like, the main cop died, so it's just, like, just wild. Like, 
it's just like slowing down the process. But yeah, so it's been like three years now that like this lawsuit um, that has been in the process. Up. So I don't know. But yeah, crazy shit. Uh, okay, so you touched on coming up, doing videos. You want to get into short films. Um, yeah, I just wrote my first feature film. So yeah, like what? Like a lot, like two hour movie? Like yeah, it's a two hour movie. It's like 127 pages. Um, how long did it take you to write it? How is how is I that, had the idea that? when my knee was broken, um, because I couldn't walk for like three weeks, so I was just stuck at home. So I had the idea in 2020, but I like, I kind of was just sitting with it for a little bit, and um, I had the main like storylines for it, but um, I was kind of giving myself some time to flesh out the structure. So I really started writing it probably like a year ago. Um, but I had the idea in 2020 and I just finished it like, like a week ago, literally. So yeah, that's why I was at my grandma's for two months, just fucking going in and spending time with her. So, so maybe the, the whole knee situation was a blessing. In a way, in a way, it was my, uh, through the wire moment. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It was my through the wire moment. Um, Bro, um, good situation, a bad situation turned to a good thing. Cause like, yeah, I had tried to write like a full movie before, but I always like, what was either lost interest or second guess myself. It was like, nah, like it's not that fire. And kind of like stopped finishing it, like never finished it. But this one I actually like love. Is like, this I a similar it. like idea to these other ones you've been trying to write? Nah, or is it I just got thing? fully inspired in 2020. Like just with everything that was going on around, it was like, very cinematic in a very dystopian way and this movie is kind of a little more dystopian dystopian and like satirical a little bit so you know i like to involve humor and shit like you know like the soldier boy video i feel like it's pretty funny like i like funny shit. everything that dude does is funny like yeah yeah oh soldier yeah, yeah. he's bro he's comedy bro he's a great guy i fuck, fuck with draco um you may not want to get into like the idea of the movie or like what you know the story of it um but what was yeah what was like just the process like of working on on writing it are you thinking about who i'm gonna cast for this like what else are you thinking about are you thinking about future aspects of it in the writing stage um when i'm writing it i was just thinking about like the different people in my life that inspired the different characters i didn't even create names for the characters i just named it after the people i should probably like change their certain their name named it after the real people that you got the inspiration from yeah yeah, yeah. but um i at first, I thought I was going to just cast all real people, like, kind of make it like kids. You ever seen that movie? Yeah. Some shit like that. But um, now I'm thinking I should probably cast, Oh, like, it was, like, actors. cast real people just to play themselves? Yeah, but now yeah. it's become, like, a whole... Bro, it's it was pretty crazy. hard script like to, like, that. act. Like, yeah, like, but I, uh. kids, it's, like, just kids chilling and shit, so you could do it. But, like, I don't know. Now that I have the script, I'm looking at it. You have something like, that takes a real actor to... Actually, yeah, there's some uh, emotional scenes and different scenes that I think like just casting a regular person they uh, might not, you know, capture. I think it definitely depends on what you're doing, but I'm really into improv. Like, have you seen our skits that we do? Have you seen no, but I fuck with improv too. But, so I'll yeah, send you some examples. Send, send me some like, skits. Yeah, but uh, sure. but for that is basically like we we don't even have the whole idea. Like we don't like we don't want it to have the idea. We don't it's have situational like situational humor kind of. So it's like, like basically I kind of created a, we created like a formula for it. So it's like. The way we shoot it, we have, like, a style of shooting it. Mm-hmm. But then the formula is, like, the video, and then there's an, it's all narration. 
So people might be talking, but it's narration. And sometimes their mouth might not match up or like it's, so it's narrated, but it's a video to it. And it's like, we have a kind of a style that we shoot it with. And then like, I feel like my humor, it plays into the style of it, right? I have like a, whatever, my own sense of humor. Yeah. But with that, we'll like have concepts. So we're like, we like, and then, but we'll just have a concept like this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen at some point. We might have two or three ideas of it, but we know this is gonna happen. But then everything else we'll figure out when we shoot. We'll get there, the lines we'll figure out in the moment. Yeah. We might add or take away ideas, it might evolve. Like, you just have so, the main concept and then yeah, just, like, yeah. No, I fuck with it. But I, I think feel with like, humor that yeah. goes really well too. Like I have a scene in the movie where it's just a dinner scene and like you can't force funny. You can't be like, be funny right exactly. now, say it this way, like uh. So I even wrote it in, like this scene is improv for that part. Like and it's just like this comedian that I really like, his name is Modi. I want him in that in that scene. Um just doing his thing. But um yeah, it works really well for for comedy. I used to like I lived in LA for a little bit and I used to go to um Oh, it's called Upright Citizens Brigade. It's like it's um it's this thing in Hollywood you could go see it and it's just people doing improv just like but a lot of the people end up like when I went there I seen the dude that um you, you ever seen the show Silicon Valley? No. Uh, I forget what else I've heard of Silicon in, Valley. But the dude, the main dude in Silicon Valley, like I saw him first, like just doing improv at this little place in LA, and then like a year later, I saw him on a billboard, like on Silicon Valley and shit. So, but like that happens a lot. Like it's a known kind of improv place over there. Um, and yeah, I used to love going there and just watching improv. Yeah. I love that shit. I guess also in the film, like one more thing, uh, was there like a timeline? When do you expect to start filming? When you when do you want it to drop? Like, you, are you thinking about that part yet? Um, I wanted to drop um, during the election period of 2024. Are you are you thinking about some what? Okay, yeah. you want some shit. I feel like I just feel like <laughs> you know I'm pressing some buttons in the movie, and I I think it'll just be good timing to to have it come out around there. Um, so yeah, my location. Plan is, you want it filmed in New York? Most of it in New York, yeah, and a little bit of it in Cali, but I would say like 90% of it yeah. in New York. Um, and uh, yeah, my plan is to like get um, a production company to fund it, but if not, I'm just gonna use the bread from the lawsuit to um to fund for the movie. You know what's crazy, bro? It makes for a good story. Too. Yeah, if it happens like that, where you really got the idea from the lawsuit pretty much what yeah. happened for the lawsuit then the lawsuit pays for it that's that's Full literally circle, crazy yeah. yeah but you know we'll see hopefully i can get like um spike lee's production company 40 acres and a mule is like two miles from here in fort green um i was gonna drop off the script over there and see what happens but yeah i'm gonna send it to a couple of different production companies and now when you're going to i, I actually thought about this before when you're like pitching ideas to companies for different shit are you copywriting like what if they like stole your idea and went and made a movie without yeah, you about you it? have to copyright the script so you can do it um you know it's always tricky with intellectual property like people could change shit and get around shit so you're always taking a risk but i don't know I guess I'm used to it too, cause like, for making videos, you have to send in a lot of treatments to music videos, and like technically they could just steal your idea, but you kind of have to just not give a fuck. Definitely copyright it, but like you can't like. So you're copywriting treatments? 
No, you can't copyright streamers. But like, if you wrote a screenplay, you should probably copyright it. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. It's worth it. But you know, people could still get around, so there's still some some risk. Yeah. But, yeah. Hell yeah, bro. Um, what do you have coming up next? Anything else you want to lead the people with? Like, what do you you know? Saying you're working on a film right now. Um. Yeah. What up? Uh, we're doing a podcast. The Off World po- Podcast. Yeah, you got anything to say? The Off World. The Off World. Just know Owen World. W-R-L-D. The Off World Podcast. Yes, sir. That's what's up. What, what's, what's your message for New York? Huh? What's your message for New York? Stay healthy, man. It's rough out here. Facts, facts. Hell yeah. Pull yeah. up, bet. Peace, Come peace. Come Pull in. up, pull up. <laughs> Hell yeah, I love it, man. On the back of the fucking truck. Um, yeah, bro, that might be a far spot to leave, man. Anything else you want to say? What you got? You know what I'm saying? Anything else you want to lead the people with? Nah, just, yeah, American Holocaust. That's the name of the movie. American and, Holocaust. Yeah, and just, uh, you know, I want to know about this. So we can tell you off camera. I want to know more about it. All right, yeah, all right. that's, that's yeah. all I'll say. I'll just say the title. But, yeah, I'll, I'll be, you know, releasing more information on it soon. Coming 2024. God willing, hopefully. God willing. Um, hell yeah. Thank you for doing this, bro. Thank you, bro. I thought this was cool. Um, yeah, it was a yeah. dope combo. I'm going to LA on Wednesday, so I feel like this could cool. we like be touching both coasts in the same week. Um, hell yeah! Thank yeah. you, bro. Uh, we yeah. appreciate y'all for tuning in. Let, yeah. let me know. Um, I could recommend a couple people, dope like artists and in LA. Like yeah. But um, yeah, I'll let you know. But and I want to hear about this film too off air. But yeah, peace. Hell yeah. Peace.